0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at LifeChurchUK.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. The Holy Spirit transforms me is the title of this devotion. All of us need transformation, actually consistently. You know, your kidneys are continuously cleansing your blood, removing that which isn't healthy for you and and, and eliminating it through the bladder or out of your body. And it's amazing how the kidneys represent a part of God's nature in us where God by His Spirit is continuously transforming or renewing, making you inwardly. It says in, 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 what is it, Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 100, verse 4. Here it is. It says, no, verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us. And not we ourselves. You see, that is one of the great works of the Holy Spirit coming into your life, is that He begins to make you. He is the great Creator. Remember, you read in Genesis 1 that the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the deep, and God said, Let there be. And there was light. Let there be light. And there was light, and so forth. It is the great power that holds the universe in balance, the spirit of the Son of God, the spirit of the living God. And He is the one that comes to indwell you, to make you, transform you, conform you. I know we can all struggle with this within ourselves and within our loved ones that we think, Well, you know what they're like, and they don't want to know, and they don't listen. And and then we can become really unbelieving in our heart and in our behaviors. And this grieves God. God wants you to trust Him, that He is the great creator, and that He is able to make us. God said to Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations. And Abraham believed God that what he had spoken, he was able to perform. And even though he was as good as dead at about a hundred years of age, and Sarah's womb had never known life, and she was as good as dead, he did not consider the deadness of himself or her but he considered God faithful and able to do what is impossible, and this was his righteousness with God, his trust in God. By faith, Abraham walked in righteousness with God, and one of the great signs that God was fulfilling his word in his life was that God gave him Isaac. And you can see that life of faith, of trust, for God to make also in his son Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. And Rebekah, like Isaac's mother, was barren. And her and Isaac believed God like Abraham and Sarah did. It shows you how God longs for the faith that is in us to be in our children, in our children's children. And Isaac had this faith from his father and mother. And he said to Rebecca, honey, I've seen mom and dad and they've stayed in faith. And here I am. I am the testimony that God is able to make what is not, that he is able to do what's impossible. So Come on, honey, we're gonna believe God. And Amen, says Rebecca. That's what made her the right one, that she said Amen. And they were in faith together 20 years. And then when Isaac was 60, Rebecca became pregnant and she had twins within her. And she was having a painful, difficult pregnancy. And she said, You can read it in the scripture. If this is of God, why then do I have this difficult pregnancy? And she cried out to the Lord, Lord, why am I having this difficult time? And God spoke to Rebecca. Oh, I love this, how God spoke to Sarah, how God spoke to Rebecca. And he said to Rebecca, you have two nations in your womb that are fighting each other. And all of a sudden, she began to realize that what she was Carrying was what God was going to see bring about in years to come. And of course, she gave birth to, to uh, Esau and to Jacob. And God had a phenomenal plan thereby to show the difference between those who choose, like Jacob, to follow God's plan for their future and those who, like Esau, spurned God's plan, even though it was just as much for them as the other. You see, he was the firstborn and God had given it to Esau, but he spurned it for momentary pleasure, for momentary fulfillment, for for this earthly satisfaction. He spurned the future. And Jacob did the opposite. He spurned the, the moments, difficulties, and hardships in life for the future fulfillment of God's plans. And God is there by giving you and me a, a phenomenal example to say, follow Jacob, don't follow Esau. Don't sell the future for the moment's pleasure, but sell the moment's pleasure for the future fulfillment of God's will in your life. And here, friends, we all need transformation. Though Jacob was the man who became the heir of his grandfather and his father's inheritance, yet he had a lot of change needed in his life. Jacob means surplanter or deceiver. In other words, his way was not to honest, upright, but still in his struggle with self, he sought God's will for his life at the cost of self and how God was able to transform him over some 21 years and change him from Jacob into Israel. Oh my friends, I believe, I believe in a God who is able to make us. I believe in a God who's able to do the impossible. I believe in a God who can take a Jacob and make him an Israel. And I know some of you will go, yeah, Pastor Robert, but you mean to tell me I have to wait for 21 years? 21 years may feel like a long time, but, but it's like that for eternity. Solomon said in in Songs of Solomon, he said, if I were to live life twice over again, it would pale in comparison to eternity. You see, for us to let God work the transformation and us having to patiently endure in faith, trusting God to work it by His Spirit, is actually an incredible part of our personal relationship with Him. It's in your relying, depending on Him on a day-to-day basis, like Abraham did, and Isaac and Rebecca did, Abraham and Sarah, and Isaac and Rebecca, and Jacob, that your relationship with God becomes more real and more real. You know, Virginia and I, and I've shared this many times, will be 40 years' marriage this year. And if you could see the sweetness of spirit that we shared together. But friends, that didn't come overnight. We had difficult struggles to go through. We had impossible struggles to go through. And I believe because of how God has changed me and how I love Virginia, that he never gave up faith in God that he would make me. But here I am, a transformed man. And I want to encourage you, be somebody like Jacob that believes that God can make you like Abraham and Isaac. Let me read you this verse here from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Oh, how I love these verses. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're being transformed. You know, I look at my grandchildren. Of course, I couldn't give examples of my own children, but I look at Eli and Huxley. Oh, when Eli was born, how he struggled with temper. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it, how he could burst out. Well, I did in my own life when I was young. I was just like him. I was just, oh, I was, I was a hothead when I was a little boy. I mean, I could fly up the handle, and it just was my temperament, you know. And Eli was, was like that. And you can forget, I was like that, you know, but... And I thought, when I saw him one time express his feeling when he was a little bitty boy, I thought I'm never ever gonna again, gonna look at a parent when a kid misbehaves and think, what is wrong with those parents? <laughs> because <laughs> you could look at my me and say, what is wrong with that granddad? <laughs> but no friends, and praise the Lord, you would meet my grandson now, Eli, he's 10 years old. Oh my goodness, he's amazing. He's beautiful. He is so kind and good and caring like his father and mother and and his brother too. And oh, how I love them with all my soul. But I've seen the transformation in just less than 10 years. I believe in transformation. Yes, you do too. Now, come on. Believe that by God's spirit, your being transformed. Believe it. I know that when you're in the middle of of having to see things change, you can be disparaging and you can feel hopeless. I would take this scripture here when I was disparaging and I was thinking, oh, please, God, how long is it going to take for you to change me? Please, Lord, I don't want to stumble in this way anymore. And this scripture, oh, it's a beautiful psalm of david psalm 138 it only has eight little verses you should read the whole psalm it's so powerful it says in verse 8 the lord will perfect that which concerns me your mercy O lord endures forever do not forsake the work of your hands oh how that little verse helped me when I would despair about myself, when I was constantly having the same old failings and causing pressure or pain on Virginia. And I would so feel so bad about myself. And I would say, Lord, please, you said that by your spirit, I would be transformed into your likeness from one degree of your glory to another. Lord, please, I know your mercy endures forever, Father. I am your handiwork. Ephesians 2.10, do not abandon the work of your hands. Don't give me over to my own way, Lord. Don't give up on me just because I've, I've stumbled again. Perfect me, and I'm talking about the temper or attitude or whatever. And the Lord was so gracious that He didn't give up on me. He didn't give up on me. I find it phenomenal, and whenever I've ever had in the past been tempted to give up on people and judge them after the flesh, I would think of what mercy He's shown me and what grace, and I would think, how dare you even have the thought, Robert? When you have been the recipient of such phenomenal mercy, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 36, be ye merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall be poured into your bosom. For by the same measure you mete out to others, it will be met to you. What you give to others always shows what you have received. And Jesus would say to his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. Now come, let the Holy Spirit have such command of your person that you can believe. I believe, Lord, your spirit in me is doing this work of conforming and transforming me. I'm being transformed by your spirit. Second Corinthians 3, verse 18, Galatians five, sixteen. But I say, walk and live habitually, habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the human nature of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic toward each other, continuously withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. You see, the Holy Spirit gives freedom to become like Christ, but stops you from being like self in your self-indulgence, self-pity, self-exaltation and all that which is of the nature of sin and contrary to God's nature. The Holy Spirit stops it. But if you are guided by the Holy Spirit, then you will realize there's nothing in God's law that's against you. Now, the doings and practices of the human nature without God, of the flesh, they're obvious. They're immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill-temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit, faction, sex, with peculiar opinions and heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And i warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes we allow ourselves to be lulled asleep spiritually, to think that we can act any which way and it'll all be okay. Just because we're under grace and not under law does not meant, does not mean that Christ is a minister of sinful nature of the flesh. Absolutely not. How could we continue in the nature of the flesh when it has been buried with Christ in water baptism, and we have been raised with Him to newness of life, as Romans 6 says? No, His love within us compels us not to live to please ourselves. For if one died, we all died. Therefore, we live no longer for ourselves, but for Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. Now in Christ, we are a new creation to live to the honor and the praise of God, as 2 Corinthians 5 teaches us. Envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I've done before, that those practicing such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that being transformed into His likeness by the Holy Spirit, His presence accomplishes in us His love, joy, Gladness, peace, patience, even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint. And against such there is no law in God's scripture. You will find out in the scripture that God is for you and you can delight yourself in in his law because it's now written in your heart and in your mind as it says in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. So for all of us who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have crucified the flesh with its godless human nature and passions and appetites and desires. And we are now living in the Holy Spirit, walking, guided, propelled, compelled by His Holy Spirit, looking forward to all that God is doing. Oh, I believe in this, my dear friends, with all my heart. And as a pastor... It's one of the great joys of my heart to see the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in all the beautiful, precious people in the congregation and to see them transformed. Oh, I see it. We had this one fellow come. He was so, oh, so addicted to alcohol, and it so destroyed his life and marriage and, had all these beautiful little children and alcohol ruined him I know people we can sometimes think oh pastor Robert if I drink a bottle of wine or two or three it's okay no dear friends when you can indulge yourself with that much you have made your senses so immune so so dulled to its influence that you don't even notice the power of it that can destroy you. You should never live in such a way. Alcohol should never have such dominion over you that you can have so much of it without it so-called affecting you. No, we need to stay real innocent about it. We need to stay childlike about it. We need to have that inward feeling. No, no, no. I leave it alone and not allow it to become so familiar that that we become indifferent about it. He had become so indifferent about it, it ruined his life. And he came to the church. Oh, how I love that precious man. And how the Lord Jesus washed him and cleansed him. And I could see it, I look at his face and I could see the master of his flesh was this evil alcohol that had ruined him and ruined his marriage. Oh, how my heart was moved with compassion. And then to see Christ formed in him, the life of the Holy Spirit, and see him transformed into his likeness was the most beautiful thing. But you got to abide in it. you got to abide in the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit abide in you by continuously embracing its indwelling presence and thirsting for it and hungering for it. Let it totally conform you consistently and constantly. You cannot just say, you know, 20 years ago. No, it's got to be today. Oh, I thank Jesus for giving me the Holy Spirit and I am being transformed into His likeness. Oh, I love to live in the transforming presence of the Holy Spirit that makes me conscious of the heavenly life I have in Christ and makes me free from that earthly life that would rob me of it. Amen. Have a good day.